0: Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. I want to thank you for joining us for the broadcast today. And this is our third episode talking about Noah, the flood, the ark, and the book of Genesis, and in particular, some of the things in the movie Noah that you and especially am concerned what your children may have seen. And today, I would like to talk about the Watchman in the movie Noah. And in my opinion, this is where the Noah movie runs aground and becomes a demonic shipwreck. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I thought a lot of Catholic commentators liked the movie. They did. Uh, after you hear this broadcast today, I'm hoping you'll have a reevaluation on the movie Noah. But the Watchmen in the movie look rather silly they're kind of like monsters inc in the children's movie they're like stone-like creatures that uh, the special effects department didn't quite get right but they're really not funny in a sense that the role the watchmen play in the noah movie is utterly serious Uh, they are presented as the good guys in the movie the watchmen help build the ark and then defend noah and his family from the degenerate population in the world that then was. So before we jump into the watchman, I think it's good to start with a sobering and very important prediction from Jesus himself. And in fact, the prediction of Jesus presupposes a worldwide flood because he's warning of a worldwide judgment at the end of time. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 37, As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, the worldwide corruption that we read about preceding the flood will be repeated before the second coming. So it would be very wise to take a close look at Genesis chapter 6 to see what was going on in the days of Noah. Because as Jesus himself warned, it will be like the days of Noah, the coming of the Son of Man. So let's go to Genesis 6, the days of Noah, leading up to the flood. And here's what it says, starting with verse two. The sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair and they took to wife such of them as they chose. And when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bore children to them. They were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him. To his heart. And what follows is the account of the flood. Now, there are two main schools of thought. There's actually a third, but it's, eh, we'll just keep it to two to keep it simple. There are two main schools of thought, what these verses mean, the days of Noah in Genesis 6. The first school, I'll just call School A. Interpret those words, sons of God, which is repeated twice in Genesis 6 2 and Genesis 6 4, simply as the godly line, the godly genealogy of Seth. And they were intermarrying with the degenerate line of Cain. And when these two lines married, basically the corrupt line of Cain, the women, corrupted the godly line of Seth and thereby the whole world became corrupt, and God brought a flood. That's school A. School B, sons of God. Now, this is the first time in the Bible the expression sons of God is used. It is also used again in a very, very ancient book of the Bible called Job. In Job chapter 1 and verse 6, Satan comes with the other angels and present themselves before God. And those angels with satan are called the sons of god in the hebrew it's exactly alike and in the second chapter of job the same thing happens the sons of god it can refer to just people like the sons of seth and in the hebrew scriptures it can refer to angels particularly those associated with satan so what are we talking about well in school b The sons of God were fallen angels or demons who cohabited with women producing giant offspring. So, an ancient interpretation, and this goes way back, held by many Jews way back, and by several early church fathers, but surprisingly, it's often not even mentioned in Catholic commentaries on Genesis. What had happened, according to School B, is that these demons had abandoned their proper state and cohabited with women and produced some type of giant offspring, the mighty men of old. Uh, This is just hypothetical, but probably tinkering with DNA and creating some type of corrupted hybrid humanity in order to frustrate God's plan of redemption. Now, as I mentioned, School B, although it's often neglected, is the oldest of the two views, and I'd like to give you today, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story, the part of the story you probably haven't heard. School B, if you look at extra-biblical literature, in other words, outside of the Scriptures, it was uh, talked about, described, and elaborated in an ancient document called First Enoch which was a widely read document uh, by Jews and very widely read even during the time of the early church. It also appeared in the writings of the Jewish philosopher Philo, and I'm talking about the school B interpretation, that the sons of God are in fact demons who cohabited with women, who corrupted humanity, uh, both by the offspring and by basically introducing wickedness and teaching wickedness that things got so bad that God brought on the flood. This school B is also mentioned by the very famous first century Jewish historian Josephus, and it's also mentioned in the Dead Sea Scrolls. How about the early church fathers? Uh, we're going to see uh, St. Justin Martyr, St. Irenaeus, a bishop, Clement of Alexandria, Tertullian, Origen. So this is uh This is present. In other words, I'm not saying school A is right, school B is right. All I'm saying is we should listen to school B, particularly in light of how the Noah movie presented these people. But first, let me get then to the New Testament. Something very surprising occurs in the New Testament in the Epistle of Jude. Jude is that second to last one chapter book of the Bible. And in Jude 14 and 15, it says this, it was of these also that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, quote, now this is right out of the book of Jude, but I'm gonna give you a hint where we're going. This is a very direct quote from that document, First Enoch, I just told you about. In fact, from First Enoch chapter one and verse nine. And this is what Jude says, quoting Enoch almost word for word. Behold, the Lord came with his holy myriads to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness, which they have committed in such an ungodly way, and all of the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Now, some people had a hard time with this in the early church. Does Jude even believe long in the New Testament, since it's quoting a document outside of the New Testament. But Jude obviously felt that at least this part of First Enoch was genuine. But, you know, if I was just reading in First Enoch, and basically it's all over the internet, you can get it in paperback and all kinds of things. But if I was just holding the paperback of First Enoch in my hand, and if I just read what Jude has said here okay i just looking at the book of jude and seeing that quote from chapter one all i have to do is turn two pages in first enoch and it comes to an extensive and repeated explanation of genesis 6 the days of noah as fallen angels cohabiting with women and a primary reason for god bringing the judgment of the flood was exactly what's described. In other words, the same Jude that quoted Enoch chapter 1 just turned two pages, and you find also first Enoch's description of what went on in the days of Noah. Now, if you go on just a little bit further, we're coming back to Jude now, it's very interesting that he says also in this epistle, verse 6, and the angels that did not keep their own position. In other words, they corrupted something. They, they left something they should have kept, but left their proper dwelling. They have been kept by him, by God, in eternal change, in another gloom, until the judgment of the great day. Just as, and remember this next verse, just as, in verse 7 of Jude, there were no verses dividing this up so he goes from talking about the fallen angels in the flood just as sodom and gomorrah and the surrounding cities which likewise acted immorally and indulged in unnatural lust you say oh this is corrupt it is corrupt it is unnatural just as homosexuality is corrupt and unnatural so is what he was talking about in the verse before. Interesting, not only Jude, but the first pope, St. Peter, talks about the exact same thing. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4, and again, remember, there's no verse divisions. I'm going to tell you the verses, but this just read as a unit. Peter says, For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of nether gloom to be kept unto the judgment, now, you could say, well, that verse could refer to the fall of angels, or if you adopted school B, it could refer to the days of Noah. But verse 5, which is only separated from verse 4 by a semicolon, says, If he did not spare the ancient world, that's the flood, but preserved Noah with seven other persons when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and then just like Jude, and if, again separated by a semicolon, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction and made them an example to those who were to be ungodly." So just like Jude, he compares the angels who fell, the days of Noah, and Sodom and Gomorrah. The two judgments in Genesis are coupled both in St. Jude and by our first pope, St. Peter. Now, to top this all off, Jesus Christ himself, in, as recorded in the Gospel of Luke chapter 17 and verse 26, By the way, you're listening to Steve Wood and Faith and Family. I realize you're getting a lot of Bible today, and you may want to get a copy of this show because you haven't heard a lot of this, but I think once you start following along, particularly with an open Bible, this is going to come to you rather clearly. Okay, we just saw in St. Jude and St. Peter connecting, the angels didn't keep their own position and engaging in unnatural lust, and then just as the homosexual activity in Sodom and Gomorrah was engaging an unnatural lust. Both of these God judged. St. Peter says the same thing. Now, listen to Jesus as recorded in Luke 17 and verse 26. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married, they were given in marriage until the day when Noah Entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, okay, we're going on in context. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted. But on the day when Lot went out of Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So you might say the second coming as it was in the days of Noah, or as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. St. Jude, St. Peter, and Jesus connect all of these and warn that the second coming will involve a judgment, and these earlier judgments are to prepare us and warn us not to be sucked in like the ancient world was. Now, the school B, again, it's kind of a minority view uh, amongst many today. Uh, in fact, many commentaries, you will not even hear of its origin. But here's the important point. In the movie Noah, if School B is correct, and just so you know, the chief of the watchmen in the movie Noah, the chief of them, is also the same name that's found in First Enoch, Now, they didn't pull that out of a hat. They pulled it directly out of First Enoch. But in the movie, the watchers are the friends of the righteous. Just a big hint. Demons are not friends of the righteous. They hate us with a satanic, demonic hatred unimaginable. And yet this movie just turns things upside down. And quite honestly, there's been a lot of Catholics hoodwinked by this, Uh, partially because of ignoring what School B would teach. But the movie adopts the theory that there were watchers who were the angels who were cursed by God. That's why they're stone-like, and yet they present them as helpers of Noah. According to Genesis and the interpretation of School B, these watchers were a primary cause for the flood. Why God judged the world and why Noah had to build an ark. And these guys weren't the helpers. You see, they just just turned everything right on its head. Now you say, Steve, you know, I just haven't heard much of this. You have not heard of this, and I'll, you know, save you a lot of work. You probably haven't heard a lot of this. But let me take you and let you hear Saint Irenaeus, a bishop, a Roman Catholic bishop, a saint whose feast day we celebrate on June 28th. He had a work entitled The Demonstration of the Apostolic Preaching, which was a manual for converts and an explanation of how Christianity inherited the truth of the Old Testament. Okay, in section 18, and by the way, all this stuff is on the internet, St. Irenaeus, The Demonstration of the Apostolic Preaching, he lived between 140 and 202. In other words, in my multi-volume, three-dozen-volume set of the Early Church Fathers, this is Volume 1. This is the early, early church. And here's the teaching from this Roman Catholic Saint Bishop. Quote, And for a very long time while wickedness extended and spread, and reached and laid a hold upon the whole race of mankind, until a very small seed of righteousness remained among them, and illicit unions took place on the earth, since angels were united with the daughters of the race of mankind. And they bore to them sons who for their exceeding greatness were called giants. And the angels brought as presents to their wives teachings of wickedness, spells of bewitchment, and all sorcery and idolatry hateful to God, by the entry of which things into the world evil extended and spread, while righteousness was diminished and enfeebled, until judgment came upon the world from God by means of a flood. Could I emphasize enough? This is a saint and bishop of the Roman Catholic Church in the early, early, early church, and he is saying, That the wickedness that spread through the earth was due to demonic influence. You see, we're not warring against Democrats, if you happen to be a Republican. We're not warring against a certain TV network, if you happen to hate a certain TV network. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the air. This is what went on in the days of Noah, and St. Bishop Irenaeus was saying the cause of wickedness that went through the world in the days of Noah was due to the demons, that in the movie Noah shows them that they were the nice guys helping out Noah. They have just turned the demons into friends of the good guys. That's demonic deception, okay? Now, there are many other things about the movie that were great and the realism of the flood and everything else But you can't take demons and put them and make them into good guys. Sorry, that doesn't work. Okay, I'm getting a little excited about this. Here's another early church father, St. Justin Martyr. We celebrate as Catholics his feast day on June 1st. He's a saint, Roman Catholic saint, and he's probably the best-known second-century church father, one of the first to defend and explain the blessed Eucharist. He was an apologist, wrote some of the first and earliest apologetic works in the entire history of the Catholic Church, and here's what he says about the days of Noah. Quote, this is, by the way, from his second Apology. Apology mean apologetics, not apologizing. Quote, he, that is God, committed the care of men and all things under heaven to angels whom he appointed over them. But the angels transgressed this appointment, and were captivated by love of women and begat children. They afterwards subdued the human race to themselves, partly by magical writings, partly by teaching them to offer sacrifices, incense, and libations among men. They sowed murders, wars, adulteries, intemperate needs, and all wickedness. Well, that's school B. Now, I personally can't say for certainty, and I don't think anybody can, which school is the proper one. But I am telling you there are two schools of thought. One is more ancient and historic than the other. And my point in this broadcast is twofold. One, the school B should at least be heard and not be buried in a tomb of silence. And secondly, the Noah movie is presenting demonic deception. And obviously, it passed through a lot of Catholic filters of those commenting on the movie. So here's the point for parents and anybody listening to me. If, if, and I'm saying if, if School B is correct, then we need to be on our guard regarding any slick and tempting presentations that the watchers are our friends. Do you realize, well, I am speaking to you right now. Another movie is being made by Sony Pictures that will present the Nephilim, the descendants of these watcher demons. They're going to be presenting them to teenagers and 20-somethings as our friends. That movie's in production right now, just like the movie Noah presented these watchers as our friends. In fact, the movie under production is a sequel to a first movie that bombed in 2012, Now, why would a movie that bombed be made into a sequel? Well, there's obviously somebody who thinks it's pretty important to get this type of teaching inside the heads and minds and hearts of young people. Catholics who are praising the Noah movie may be making a gigantic mistake. And if School B is correct, they could be potentially disarming believers for the final demonic assault that Jesus himself and St. Peter and St. Jude warned about. So, what do we do with all this? Number one, the watchers, if in fact School B is correct, um, and this is what is portrayed in the Noah movie, they are not our friends. What's portrayed in the Noah movie and other movies being filmed. These are demons that are not redeemable, as the Noah movie shows they are. Two, Catholics should be informed of both schools of interpretation, including the most ancient one. Number three, this is very sobering. If, and I'm only saying if, don't take me further than what I'm trying to say, but if the fallen angel school of interpretation of Genesis 6 is correct, then there may be one more phase to the sexual revolution beyond the cultural acceptance of homosexual behavior and the acceptance of so-called same-sex marriage. In any case, we do know that the days of the second coming of Christ will resemble the days of Noah. Now, I've just really given you an earful Again, you're listening to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Steve Wood. And this is from memory. I should have written this down, but I believe this is episode 25 of Faith and Family Radio. Again, I realize I've gone through a lot of the Church Fathers extra biblical literature like First Enoch. I've given you scripture upon scripture, and particularly in perspectives that you may never have heard. Now, um if school b is right we need to be on our guard and to me that the fact that this movie could present school b but flip it in a way that the demons are presented as good and helpful to the righteous to me is sobering so i have a special closing note to catholics first enoch upon which the entire school b is based as well as the noah movie says that the angels who left their estate and cohabited with women first landed on earth at Mount Hermon, and that's where they swore to their plan to take human wives. That location today is in northern Israel near the Syrian border. Interestingly, Mount Hermon has a huge rock plateau formation with it. And at the base of this huge rock plateau, huge rock plateau, There's a seemingly bottomless pit. Uh, In the days of Christ, it was a well or, or something, but it's since been closed in by earthquakes. But it was a scene of the worship of Pan, of pagan worship. The Romans named a city at the base of Mount Hermon Caesarea Philippi. And during the reign of the Romans, a carpenter from Nazareth said to a certain Galilean fisherman this, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Think about that. Till next time, this is Steve Wood with Faith and Family. family is a radio outreach of family life center international visit us online at familylifecenter.net center.net to order a cd copy of today's broadcast order online at www.familylifecenter.net